Hello, and welcome to the third season of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. You know how thankful I am that you've joined today, and I would love to begin by sharing with you the words of Jesus. It comes from Matthew chapter 17. His disciples had gone out to work miracles in his name. They came upon someone who was demon-possessed, but they were unable to cast out that demon. So Jesus shows up, and he casts out the demon and heals the man. Later, the disciples come to him and say, why weren't we able to do that? So Jesus tells them, first of all, it is because of the littleness of your faith. He goes on to say, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could cast a mountain. And then he says this, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, as you can see, that is our topic today. I have been exploring, engaging in, and seeking to deepen my relationship to God with prayer and, yes, a certain form of fasting that I want to talk about with you today. But I need you to see the connection. Jesus is saying it's not that you don't have the power to do this. It is that you don't have the faith to do this. If you believed in God's power in your life, you could cast mountains into the ocean. If even at a mustard seed's size, you trusted in God's nearness and abilities, he could do unbelievable things through you. And while it may not be demon casting or mountain tossing, I am 100% sure the same is still true for you and me today. The inability to get through something, to get something out of our lives, the lack of power to make it happen is not about how much power we have. It's about how much faith we have in the power of God. And that's why he says, this demon, this kind of demon is strong, and the only way to get rid of it is through prayer and fasting. Well, what good do those do? Do they somehow make me better? Do I become something more, something stronger? No, that's not the point. It's never been the point. With man, just about everything is impossible, but with God, anything he wills and says will be done. So what happens when you and I are devoted to productive, intense prayer which we know the New Testament commands of us, and fasting, which Jesus just seemed to assume his disciples would do, and that New Testament Christians did do, what happens is this, we connect to God. We draw near to God, and he draws near to us. Our faith deepens, our trust becomes more real, more immediate, more complete, And when God is connected to us in an unobstructed way, nothing's in the way, not the sin of the world, not the passing ideas of the world, 
then the power of God will be in you and around you and through you. All of this is about connecting to the power of the Lord. Now, as I say that to you, it gives me a chance to ask you to reevaluate. Let's start with prayer. We know what the Bible teaches about that. When you're anxious, pray. In everything, without ceasing, give thanks in prayer. Jesus taught us to pray all throughout the day. We get that. My question is this. Is your prayer life drawing you closer to God? When you say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, and you open your eyes and you move forward with your day, is your faith deeper? Is the presence of God more real in your life? Because that is what prayer is designed to do. And when it does it, there are demons in your life. There are struggles. There are obstacles that you would have never been able to overcome that can only come out with prayer and with fasting. Ah, that's the one we talk very infrequently about. We say, the Bible never says by command that you have to fast. And that may be true, by the way. Even into the Old Testament, there may only be one time it was commanded. And yet in Matthew 6, Jesus said, whenever you fast, make sure you are doing it for the right people and for the right reasons. That reason is something we all covet, isn't it? A focus on God that reaps rewards from the hand of God. If I told you I could share with you something that would help you draw nearer to God and reap heavenly rewards, you'd probably be in. Fasting is one of those things. So let's talk about both of them today. Maybe a month ago, I came across a couple of acronyms, P-R-A-Y, as well as F-A-S-T, and I've just gone all in on prayer for sure, most absolutely, and to some degree the fasting as well, and the results have been energizing and in some ways transformational. I've always promised you, since we started this thing back in January of 2019, I would not share something with you that wasn't at least beginning to work in my life, and today fits squarely in that category. In fact, the last three weeks on Sunday nights, I've had a chance to share this with junior high students one week, high school the next, and most recently, our young adults, to challenge them to get past one-dimensional prayer and the complete absence of any form of fasting. And unfortunately, that's the kind of stuff we see sometimes in people's lives at different stages. Fasting isn't even in the vocabulary, especially with reference to food, and prayer is something that we do, but it's a box that we check instead of a step that we take toward God. So let's begin with prayer. I am recommending that you try praying today using this four-word progression. If you are suspect about that, I want you to understand that they are derived from the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us. This is a practical, easy-to-remember way to pray along the lines of what Jesus said. Let me read that to you as we begin. Pray then in this way, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. 
Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, the first letter is P, and it stands for praise. All prayers should begin by praising the name of God. Jesus said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is who you are. It is where you are. And it is what you mean to me. Far too many of our prayers, and I mean public pulpit worship prayers, have a swift, dear Heavenly Father at the beginning that has been repeated so many times it lacks any emotional weight, and then we go directly into asking God for things. First, you must connect yourself to God before you and I start asking Him for stuff. So praise Him. In each of those classes that I did over the last three weeks, I had students, each student come up with some name or adjective or exclamation about God. Sustainer, creator, merciful Lord. We filled up a board with it every week. And I told them, when you address God, spend some time on this. Tell him who he is and what he means to you. You may even offer an entire prayer that is nothing but praise, and it would honor him greatly. Secondly on that list is repent. Jesus puts it in this way, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Listen, before we can start asking God for things, we need to be in a restored relationship with God. Sin is the only thing that can keep us from him. So after I have praised his name, I repent. I say, Lord, anything that I have done that has hurt you, would you please forgive me and shower me with your mercy? Maybe I know exactly what I did. I'm going to be telling him at that precise moment. Sometimes you can even stand before a congregation and say, Lord, forgive us, each person in this room, for where they've gone astray, or forgive our church. If there's anything we're standing for or against that dishonors you, there is nothing more important than fellowship with God, and that very often demands repentance. Then comes the word ask. Praise, repent, and then ask. Ask him for what? Well, we've already asked him for forgiveness of sins. In the text, we ask him to give us this day our daily bread to protect us and heal us and help us. James 1 talks about asking for wisdom, for insight, for direction. We can ask for patience, whatever you need that you know will honor God if you get it. Same for the church. If you happen to be praying in public, ask God for those things. Things like, please do not lead us into temptation, and please, God, I ask, will you deliver us from evil? Those are things that we know will honor him. And then why, in our short acronym, is yield. What a beautiful way to end a prayer by announcing that you are yielding to the power of God. Father, I yield my will, my spirit, 
I give the right of way to you to control my life. That's the idea being conveyed by Jesus when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think he's asking for the church to come there. The word kingdom means rule. I'm saying, Lord, I want your rule to come into my life. I want your will done in my life on earth just like it is in heaven. Imagine who you are coming out of a prayer like that. You've praised his name and spent time doing it. You've cleared any type of sin out of the relationship. You've asked him for things that you know matter to both of you, and you have completely given yourself over to his control. There are demons in your life who cannot be removed until you've done this and that will not be able to resist you in the name and power of the Lord once you have. Okay, let's talk about fasting for these last five or six minutes. In the New Testament, fasting was almost always food. It was giving up a natural, lawful, regular desire in you, putting it off or giving it up so that you could do something more important first. On one occasion, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it was putting off the physical relationship between a husband and a wife but mainly it's about food. I'm okay applying this to putting your cell phone down for an hour or canceling your Netflix for a month or any of those kinds of things. But today, I want to keep it focused on meals. So listen carefully to these four words. F is for focus. The objective is to take time to focus on God. People talk about how they're so busy and there's so much going on and they just don't have time to set aside to pray and read and meditate. But most of those people eat 21 meals a week. It seems to me if we can do that, we can find space to nourish ourselves with the Lord. So if the objective is to focus on God, then A stands for abstain. There's something we need to not do so that we can do the thing that matters most. Abstain from food. In some cases, it may mean skipping lunch and instead just reading the word and praying to God and using hunger in your belly as a trigger to go and be with God instead. People say they're too busy, but you know, if you stop doing a thing, you'll have a space to do a better thing. Why don't you try this this week? At least once, abstain from a meal. Or in my case, I've been putting it off for an hour. I get up in the morning, I'm hungry. I say, wait, I will use that hunger to draw me over to the word and to journaling and to prayer and I will eat later. Now look, we abstain from something so that we can substitute that thing with the Lord. That's the word for S. We focus, we abstain, and we substitute. What are you going to do instead of eating breakfast? If it's your cell phone that you're putting away or you're turning off the television, that's great. What are you going to do instead of that? Remember, the entire purpose here is the action of drawing close to God, not just some sacrifice we make to keep us from drifting away. There are so many great things you can do from praying, P-R-A-Y, to Bible read. If you happen to be social media active, 
I would love to invite you to join our Excel Still More A Chapter A Day Facebook group. If you join the A Chapter A Day group, we read, well, one chapter every day, and we make some comments and discuss it and encourage each other. You might say, I don't know where I would ever find time for that. Why don't you give up something, something you have a right to, maybe even something God built you to do, like enjoying lunch, and at least one time this week, just skip it so that you can go and engage in something productive in your faith. Personally, I feel like if I can put off a meal at least a half an hour every day, that will give me a wonderful space to do things that matter, and if maybe once a week, I just skip one altogether and replace it with things entirely dedicated to my Savior and my Father, it is going to make me stronger, not necessarily in my own abilities, but in what I am able to draw by faith from the Lord. Which leads us to the last letter, the T. It comes from Psalm 34, verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Tasting of the Lord, never being in want. That sounds a lot like what Jesus said in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I want that. I need that. And God has made that available to you and to me. Satisfaction and strength. How do we get it? Through prayer. Praising His name, repenting of sins, asking for help, and yielding our spirits. And fasting. Focusing on God, abstaining from food and other things, substituting that with the Lord so that we might taste of the Lord, for He is good. I really hope you find this useful, particularly on the prayer side. Gentlemen, leading public prayers. If you get nervous, just follow the four things one at a time. If you're someone at home who tends to fall asleep in the middle of a prayer or get distracted, Follow the pattern. It really helps you stay on point. And however you do it, fasting or otherwise, find that time with God. Because our problems can be great. The devil and his demons are working hard. And while you may feel defeated, hear the words of Jesus. Some of these can only come out with prayer and fasting. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.